0: From Michigan Radio, this is It's Just Politics. I'm Zoe Clark. Lawmakers have approved long-debated gun safety bills. The legislation includes universal background checks for gun purchases and requires guns be locked in a safe place when they're not in use. Democratic State Senator Rosemary Baer.
1: We focused on the ones that we knew were most likely to be well-received
0: right away. There's lots more that we plan to do, hope to do, and the sooner the better as far as I'm concerned. But as the bills were approved this week, the Michigan Republican Party tweeted out a comparison of the legislation to the Holocaust. The social media posts were quickly condemned, but Christina Caramo, the new controversial chair of the Michigan Republican Party, held a press conference not backing down.
2: And what amazes me is that people are troubled by drawing comparisons between historical events and current events.
0: Democratic State Senator Jeremy Moss took to his chamber's floor.
2: We already knew that Christina Caramo is a vile communicator, but apparently there is no bottom to the pit from which she operates the Michigan Republican Party.
0: Here with us this week is editorial page editor of the Detroit Free Press, Nancy Kaffer. Hi, Nancy. Hi. Caitlin Buss, assistant editorial page editor at the Detroit News, also here. Hello, Caitlin. Hi. And senior capital correspondent of the Michigan Public Radio Network and co host of It's Just Politics, Rick Pluta. Hi, Rick. Hi, everyone. Caitlin, I want to start with you. You were on Michigan Radio last month, shortly after Christina Karamo was elected by Republican Party delegates to become chair of the party. And you said that the Republican Party is at a complete standstill. You went on to say that you just don't know what the future looks like. Does this week help clarify what this party looks like? Absolutely. This week was beyond the pale. I think
3: it was indefensible in every sense of the word. Um, You know, it's not my place to judge how Christina Karamo feels about American history and and events um, in her ancestry. That's not my place. But it is a place to say this is not part of political rhetoric. This shouldn't be part of either party's rhetoric. It's not even about Republicans and Democrats at this point. I think pointing to rhetoric like tyrants, dictators and comparing honestly, bipartisan legislation to some of the most dehumanizing events in history is just unacceptable.
1: I don't have anything to add to that. It's it's beyond the pale. It's, it's not a thing that should be done. We you know, anti-Semitic incidents are on the rise. And anything that devalues the horrific persecution that Jewish people have suffered is it's just completely unacceptable. And it's really astounding to me that we have to have these conversations, that people have to condemn them. This is like, don't run into traffic. Don't touch a hot stove. <laughs> this is wild to me that this is even a, a thing we have to talk about here in 2023.
3: This least seems like an obsession at this point with um, violence and violent rhetoric. Caitlin, what yeah. do you think is behind that? You know, there is this percentage of Michigan residents that we know, um, You know, that the conspiracy theory narratives and some of this mistrust of government resonates with them. I think that's what they're basing it in. But it's beyond a losing strategy at this point. I mean, it's now becoming a moral issue. And as Karamo is standing up there talking about her morality, I think she's missing the point that guns have evolved. Technology has evolved. There's all these very real issues in front of residents today. And the Republican Party in Michigan seems stuck in a narrative of the past.
4: I mean, I don't even know where to start with this. The comparison is apples to walnuts. The history is just amazingly off the mark when you talk about whether or not the Holocaust could have been averted by arming Something like 1.5% of the European population, less than 1% of the German population. But also, it's just mind-boggling ignorant of what the role of a political party is supposed to be. Well, not
0: according to Karamo's new vision of the party. So again, there's the tweet comparing gun safety legislation to Nazi Germany. And Christina Karamo, the head of the Republican Party, is not backing down. This, again, is from this press conference that she held.
2: We're a different Republican Party. We are not the Republican Party who apologizes and run away from our positions. It's the reason why the Republican Party has gotten kicked in the teeth the last three, last three cycles, because it's been a party that's always apologizing.
0: Karamo basically is saying she's going to continue this behavior. I, I could see these comments
1: playing into a narrative to divide different groups of voters, to, to paint the Holocaust in a in a light that um you know that maybe it, it's it's you can trivialize it with this sort of remark to try to uh, play to a perceived disparity or or differing treatment of marginalized groups. I mean, I think that's not a great strategy, and I think it's really you know, contemptible. But it's that's that's the only political purpose that I can see here. The only um, the only potential you know political outcome that I could see this driving at, other than to just simply take a really belligerent stance which could actually be the point
4: <laughs> to, to nancy's point you you can't you know entirely separate um Values from politics. I mean, you know, people are part of a political party for uh, for a reason. But the role of a political party, the organization of a political party, is to win elections, to elect candidates. And what Christina Caramo did here was counterproductive to that. When we were hanging out on the floor of the state house this week, uh, one representative, Phil Green, came up, and he was representative of a lot of what we were hearing when we asked him about. Uh, Christina Caramo's comments, and he went, Christina who? That you've got candidates and elected officials who are trying to distance themselves as much as possible from their political party. By the way, at a moment when that political party is already cratering in terms of all of the things by which you measure a political party's success, there was nothing useful about this to counteract how offensive it was in the first place.
3: Caitlin. The Republican Party in Michigan is in a complete it's over. Uh, it has to be rebuilt. It might need to be a separate party at this point. She has taken it with the leadership of others in charge over the past year just into the gutter, and it doesn't even reflect polling. Obviously, they lost in the election. Their stances on the legislation currently before the legislature doesn't match up with how residents
0: feel. There's there's absolutely no strategy.
1: Uh, you know, one thing absolutely true. This is not the old Republican Party.
0: That's Nancy Kaffer, editorial page editor of the Detroit Free Press. Caitlin Buss, also here, assistant editorial page editor at the Detroit News. And Rick Pluto with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Caitlin, I want to circle back to you. And that is because, look, you, you talk to a lot of conservatives. What are they saying to you? And where do Republicans who don't agree with this new Republican Party turn? Um, For
3: lack of, for ease, let's say the old guard Republicans are disgusted. They are done. They are looking for ways to start a new party get outside the bomb that caramo has put in the middle of what was the Michigan Republican party i don't know what that ultimately looks like but you have places like you know oakland county where there's some new leadership trying to take charge and yet you still have that infighting there's there's this drama festering in every county of the republican party throughout the state and it's it's still a battle and i'm not sure that even the money and the coalition of the old guard is strong enough at this point to counter just the radicalism of the rhetoric on the other side. There, There is an effort there and there is a fight going on, but I don't think anyone
0: knows who's going to win yet. RICK, you mentioned talking with lawmakers, one Republican lawmaker who it sounds like was jokingly pretending that he didn't know who the chair mm-hmm. of the Michigan Republican Party is. I want to take a listen to Jeremy Moss. He is a Democratic state senator. He spoke on the Senate floor. He spoke about the tweet, but then he sort of actually has a message to Republicans. Let's take a listen.
2: Our community still faces anti-Semitic gun violence today at Tree of Life Synagogue, Poway, Colleyville, and other incidents that our bills could help prevent Caramo herself then boasted that she speaks for the Republican Party, the new Republican Party, even as the Republican-Jewish coalition condemned her post. I don't know whether to be disgusted that Christina Caramo is chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party, or relieved that the delegates have chosen a leader that shows everyone else what the Republican Party has become. To my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, if you don't want to be a part of this new Republican Party, then speak out. But we are one month into Christina Caramo's tenure as chair, and if you remain silent, doesn't get any better from here.
4: Right. The uh, argument is, at this point now, uh, silence is assent. And you know, what is the impact going to be? If you are a funder, large or small, of the Republican Party, and you're seeing this kind of drama playing out, I mean, the danger, biggest danger might not be that these people are going to go and and, and donate to Democrats, although that might happen on an individual basis. But they might just say, we're just going to sit it out. We're not going to donate to campaigns, certainly not to the Republican Party. We're not going to be part of the unified effort that a political party is supposed to bring to the landscape to try and win elections. And that absence in and of itself is going to be damaging to the Republican Party and certainly basically requiring candidates, whether they want to or not, when they're on the campaign trail, having to declare whether or not they agree with something. And and that's kind of the position that Christina Caramo has placed candidates in, whether or not they have to state whether or not they agree with something. That means that that's, that's a losing position just starting out of the gate.
1: So I think it's going to be interesting to see if it plays out like this because you know everyone's very outraged now she's really put this in the forefront but you know in 2017 after the Unite the Right rally of white nationalists marching in Charlottesville chanting the Jews will not replace us you know then president Donald Trump referred to there being very fine people on both sides of this uh you know of this situation you know he had um just this year and he remains a presidential candidate who still commands some following you know, had had uh had a meeting with two Holocaust deniers, right? So, I mean, there's been uh, comments that he's made anti-Semitic comments, you know, throughout his political career. And so I'm interested as to whether this truly is a bridge too far, whether the outrage will be sustained. I mean, clearly the party has not been doing well. Her ability to run the party effectively and reclaim the ground loft is is probably really, you know, strongly against her. But like, let's not pretend like this anti-Semitic sort of vein of commentary hasn't been present in the party, I mean, people didn't abandon Trump en masse because of his anti-Semitic comments.
3: I think it's fair to say that they have taken an anti-Semitic stance at this point. I think there's enough there to say that. Um, Even following the last convention, Um, There was I heard from a lot of people in the room that there was a feeling of anti-Semitism simply in the way they were praying Mm -hmm. in the way they were talking about religion. I mean, this is this is a this is a different Republican Party that has completely turned away from a pluralistic society. And there were a lot of people of Jewish descent in that room that felt uncomfortable for the first time.
0: I want to note that a new report came out just this week that found Michigan is among states with the highest numbers of anti-Semitic incidents this past year. The Anti-Defamation League ranked Michigan in the top 10 for the number of acts of vandalism, assaults, and harassment. Nationally, the ADL reported a 36% increase in anti-Semitic incidents from 2021 to 2022. That's the highest level of anti-Semitic activity since ADL started keeping records in 1979. So I think, Nancy, there's this sort of idea, right, that one can say, okay, well, it's just a tweet. But then you hear a report like this, and it it has real-world impact.
1: You know, when you have people who hold high office saying these things, it legitimizes it, it normalizes it, it makes people feel comfortable expressing, you know, dark things that they already felt, or it introduces people to this new kind of, you know, dark and and bigoted thinking that, that for whatever reason resonates with them. I mean, it's a you know, there, there's surveys that show that uh, a lot of people, you know, r- agree with some negative stereotypes about Jewish people. Um, it, it's a pretty troubling thing that, you know, Jewish people have just a, a long history of, of brutal, awful persecution. And I mean, this is not the world I want to live in. I I, I don't. I don't think any of us do. So, I mean, this, this something has to happen to reverse this and it has to be an across the board effort and we're not seeing that. That worries me
4: greatly. Republicans will have a chance to measure the impact of the statements made by their party chair, because we know that in this session there are going to be special elections. Some of them are going to be, you know, to fill vacancies and safe seats, but some of them in all likelihood are probably gonna be in swing seats. And these comments will no doubt play a role in the campaigns to fill those vacancies. And so that will be a, a, a writ small opportunity to see how damaging um, you know, this sort of rhetoric is, if it's damaging at all, when it comes down to uh, um, people making voting decisions.
0: Caitlin, what does it mean for conservatives to not be able necessarily to speak about policy, right? I mean, again, we've talked so much on the show about for the first time in 40 years, Democrats being in charge. Republicans, though, were not really hearing about what they don't like about policy, because instead, this issue issues of Christina Caramo and this new Republican Party are taking center stage.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think people are getting frustrated with that. I understand why leaders on the Republican side in the legislature have felt, you know, perhaps manipulated in certain ways with some of the policies they've been debating in the past few months. But they are at a, a moral point on some of these cultural issues where I think they need to start speaking up, start separating themselves from the assumptions that are being made from this toxic grassroots led rogue party over here and really address some of these policy issues, particularly on gun legislation. Um, You know, I think Michigan residents are frustrated there, and I think that spans. I think a lot of Republicans are frustrated, too. And this is a moment for them to really take some moral leadership and really get down to the policies and let the political rhetoric go aside. Obviously, that's so hard. We've had the Michigan State University shooting. I mean, tension is high in this state, but I think that also underscores why it's so important that the leaders talk about this responsibly and not flame the passions that already
0: exist. We're going to have to leave it there. That is Caitlin Buss, Assistant Editorial Page Editor at the Detroit News. Also joined by Senior Capital Correspondent of the Michigan Public Radio Network and co-host of It's Just Politics, Rick Pluta. And Nancy Kaffer, editorial page editor of the Detroit Free Press. A quick note of congratulations to Nancy. You were named the editorial page editor of the Detroit Free Press earlier this month. The first woman to hold the job in the Freeps' 191-year history. Well, thank you so much. It's really an honor. And thank you, all three of you. It was a hard week, and I'm grateful for all of your brains and your perspectives. Thanks so much. You bet.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Before we end some breaking news, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has signed the bills to repeal Michigan's right to work law. We spent last week's It's Just Politics digging into the legislation, into the economic policy and political implications of the repeal. You can find that conversation on the It's Just Politics page at michiganradio.org or subscribe to the It's Just Politics podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And that is, it's just politics for this week. I am Zoe Clark. Take good care this weekend. Let's talk again next Friday.